Guys, customer service is essential to your business success. And for faster, smarter customer experience, you can turbocharge your CX results with CX1, the world's most complete customer experience platform from NICE. It's never been easier for organizations of all sizes around the globe to create extraordinary customer experiences. With the scalability and flexibility of the cloud, you can power up your business goals like never before. So don't get left behind. Find out more today at nice.com. That's nice.com. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This episode is brought to you by Alienware. During Dell Tech Fest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Your dream setup, amazing prices, and free shipping await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com slash deals. That's Alienware.com slash deals. Hello, the internet, and welcome to Season 274, Episode 3 of Daredaily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. Whoa. What happened? (laughs) Whoa. My throat just glitched out. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Wednesday, February 8th, 2023. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Show me thighs, show me white plump thighs. Show me thighs, show me, show me thighs. Oh no, you can't hide plump little thighs. Show me thighs, show me white plump thighs. That is courtesy of Elise with Hot Takes. In the Discord. I'm in the Discord, baby. I'm lurking like you a did creep. It. I'm in there. You Amazing. Uh, you, you'll know me as uh, I th- Jack from the Daily Zeitgeist, I think is my name, or Jack O'Brien from the Daily Zeitgeist. I might have wanted to make it a little more specific, but uh, wow. just lurking. It's amazing to see this community that you guys have built up around our stupid show. Really appreciate you guys. Anyways, I'm thrilled to be joined by today's special guest co-host, one of the EPs on this very network, the King of Sting, that bitch on Twitch, it's DJ Daniel Goodman! Happy to be here, it's your boy DJ Daniel, aka Mr. Steal Your Ariel. You are literally Jack from the Daily Zeitgeist on Discord, all words capitalized, yes. I appreciate that. <laughs> very, very dad on the internet energy. I know, and, um, I, wanted to, I wanted to post, hey, it's me from the Daily Zeitgeist, but yes. <laughs> I also feel weird about posting in there because it feels like, I don't know. 
I, I, I just want to just be like, y'all do your thing, you know? Um, you, just, you just want to be cool. Yeah. I, I just want to no, be cool. <laughs> Look, I'll say this. Posting is inherently uncool. Yeah, so no, I, that, I, I'm, We've, I'm, we've I'm heard you. your takes on this. You're <laughs> anti-poster. Uh, well, Dan, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by one of our very favorite guests here on the Daily Zeitgeist, a hilarious and talented podcaster, comedian, writer, ordained minister. Please welcome back to the show, Steve Hernandez! Great to be here. Two wonderful whites. I'm loving that. And I'm loving the imagery of your thighs, Jackie. I'm, whoever did that, praise God. You know, we're thinking of him. I'm thinking of you running for Senate now. Uh, I'm thinking of you as one of the Kennedys. Praise God. You always say, yeah, you always say Love that um, I, I give off Kennedy's energy, but now, I feel I, like I'm the Kennedys kidding. would really I would have been disowned from the family by now. Probably. You are the perfect you are the perfect future candidate. Now, you know, you've been doing this program for so long. You know what a uh, what an abysmal idea it is to run for office. But <laughs> have you thought about it? Is something in you ever <laughs> thought about it, Jack? I've not. No, okay. I've. I did go to a Hugo Soto Martinez event and <laughs> he he was talking about what it's like to be a candidate for public office and be an introvert. And that was the first time I was like, oh, my God, that would be like I, that, that was the only time I had ever like put it into my head. And I was like, I would have to like go like shake hands with people, talk to them and then go take a nap in my car yeah. from just like the sheer yeah, just draining amount of energy that I would be putting into every single thing that they said. The well, it, 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 def it definitely would be a sacrifice for you, but it's either you or The Rock. And uh, that's, <laughs> oh I mean, this can't be our two main hopes, but Jack, <laughs> I, right. I believe it is you or The Rock. All right. Well, I, I've got to start waking up an hour earlier because I was I, I wake up at three in the morning to get my workout started. But apparently he gets up at two in the morning. I love the psychology of that. <laughs> They're just like, I can't be can't be anyone else awake when I start my workout. But I think I also missed something in the I guess there was a joke that was being referenced when he said, get up here, best friend to Adele. So I'm sorry that anyone had to hear my commentary on the Grammys, a show that I <laughs> avowedly did not watch and don't think I ever will watch. But I think I also underrated it a little bit because there was also great footage of speaking of introvert energy, Ben Affleck being in the front row behind J-Lo and just like not knowing what to do with his hands or body. Like his entire body was my hands when I walk into a room. He was just like, what? What's happening? <laughs> like she's like dancing to the music and he's just like <laughs> has to stand. But he you can see him just being drained by the uncomfortableness of the situation. And he's just been doing it for so long. You know, you would think that he would be used to this kind of thing by now, but I guess it's just uh, still wildly uncomfortable to have cameras on you that entire time. Right. And, yeah. You know, he must really, I, I, guarantee, I believe that he really does love J-Lo. And it just must be such a pain in the ass that his love comes with this, all of this <laughs> shit. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah, all of it. Yeah. Hey, mm -hmm. the heart wants what it wants, you know? <laughs> Boy, don't I know it. <laughs> uh, all right, Steve, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we are going to tell our listeners a few of the things we're talking about today. Folks, I read a New Yorker article, so that means you're going to hear about that shit. Yes. It, it's about the wealth defense industry. 
which is like the people who go into private wealth management and are the reason that the top 0.1% in the United States have gone from having, I think, 7% in the 70s of, of the wealth to 18%. So it's a big contributor to inequality in the country. And it's one of the most infuriating things that I've ever read, just hearing these people talk about the the world that they exist in. And it's just straight up like they're outraged that anyone would suggest taxing their their wealth. So God forbid. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Leonardo DiCaprio has another very young girlfriend and people are doing fun things, gross things to put it into perspective yeah. on the Internet. So we'll talk about that. State of the Union is happening tonight. I don't. We probably won't even talk about that, but maybe we'll. <laughs> I don't know. I hear it's going to be a rip roar in good time. Yeah. Is that happening? What it? That's Tuesday, right? That is, so that's uh, yes, that last is techni- night. Yeah, last night. It happened last night. So I don't know. We're we're recording this before. Yeah. So any major bombshells, I can guarantee you, did not happen at the at the State of the Union. We'll talk about TripAdvisor getting fooled by fake restaurants. So all of that, plenty more. But first, Big Hearn. We do like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history? Uh, I was looking up, I, I looked through them, and the only appropriate thing to talk about is uh, <laughs> I was looking for Beyonce tickets. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yes. I I can't do it. I'm out. I'm out for a concert. Yeah. Jack, when was the last time you went to a concert? The last time I went to a concert was... It might have been the Jay Z Beyonce show. Sheesh, <laughs> like, God damn. Wow. Yeah, that was a minute. Yeah. How about, how about you, gosh. Dan? How about you? Uh, I went and saw the lovely Carly Rae Jepsen at the Greek Theater not too long ago. I think it was about a month and a half. Oh, that's great! I love that. It was lovely. I, it was fun. I'm I am completely prepared to cash out. I lost my shit during the Taylor Swift uproar. I'm a huge Taylor Swift oh, fan, man. and. Oh, uh, I tried to get in the first. I've seen her three times. The shows are wow. always amazing. I I got kicked out of the Capital One like pre-sale thing, and then I just quickly looked at the things, and I looked at my wife, and I just went to StubHub, and I bought uh, nosebleed seats for $400 each. Wow. Yes. And uh, it's nothing I'm proud of. Uh, your listeners <laughs> may not know this, but I'm an older uh, Latino man. I, you know, I, I bartend in Covina. I've got to face working class Filipino and Mexican men all the time and tell them the same stories. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's wildly embarrassing. But I looked at my beautiful white wife in the face and her and I have never been to a Taylor Swift concert together. And I told her, this is the last time we're doing anything like this. Forget it. There's no more concerts after this. And I paid for that. I looked at Beyonce. It's the very exact same thing. You could tell everything. You're getting access to pre-sales and all this kind of shit. And uh, I am simply out. There is nothing that you can experience, I think, at a Beyonce concert where it's going to cost you $1,000, $1,200, $1,500. It's just not ever going to be worth it. Yeah. That, that's how I feel about it. And I love Beyonce. Yeah, I, I do too. It really seems like the whole, I mean, it is a industry that is controlled by a monopoly. And I feel like that's fucking it up for everyone. Right? Yeah. Like that, yeah. that just feels like it's, it's really made, put a sour taste in people's mouth. Yeah, I, I can't do it anymore. So I, I don't know what the future is for the uh, the concert industry, but it does mm. bum me out not to see the queen, you know, 
holding yeah, hands with my beloved, you know, looking into yeah. her, her eyes, uh, singing songs from Lemonade, you know, cheating right. songs. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> songs of <laughs> cheating. Yeah. <laughs> this one's our song, honey. Uh, <laughs> why are you so into this? <laughs> <laughs> She's just looking at me, crying, yeah. weeping slowly. <laughs> I'll never forget when Lemonade came out. I, um, it was on HBO Max for like three hours. I don't know if you guys remember this. Mm. And I, I had Chatterbox, my Sunday night show in Covina that I was going to go to. I had an hour to take a nap. I was like, let me just start this thing. And I was like so taken aback. I did cry for sure. But just the, I just took in the whole thing. And I was so deeply moved just thinking about Jay-Z cheating on Beyonce. Yeah. Yeah. He fucked up. <laughs> um, <he fucked> <laughs> really fucked up. Uh, I mean, the really? best thing to come out out of all that is that the to find out the reason why uh, Solange pushed him in the yeah. elevator, it was beating on him, is like the coolest thing I've ever seen that we have on tape to have yeah. Beyonce's sister beating up Jay Z for cheating on her. How yeah. cool is this? It's great. I feel like that would have been a lot of people's responses to hearing that he cheated on Beyonce. Like it didn't yeah. need to be her sister. Like I feel like yeah. if his homie had found it, it was like, you, what? Yeah. Are you fucking stupid? <laughs> what doing? Yeah. So you are going, That's though. Wonderful. You will Ab be there. Absolutely not. Then, absolutely not. You're not going. Okay. No. Good for you. I will not. Okay. I will. Uh, I probably will like the day or two of. If there's something, I, I hate what I'm about to tell you, but I, it is sad. Everything's gotten so expensive. I have money, okay? I'm not rich or anything, but I'm a wildly successful neighborhood bartender. I get <laughs> I get a few commercials a year, so that's like a windfall of money. I don't have to worry about money. I'm very grateful for that like that. But, uh, I, you know, going gross, I do the grocery shopping in the family. Yeah. Every a, yeah. a sandwich now, if you go somewhere, if you go somewhere to pick up, a sandwich is $20 out the door. There's all yeah, this. I'm just, the worst. I'm just feeling taken advantage of, okay? Yeah, I'm mm -hmm. starting to feel mm -hmm. like this is too much. Now, Granted, I'm getting older, so I wonder if everyone just feels this way. If we're just talk, if the thing is to just talk about money like this, but I, no. I can't. Yeah, it's okay, the, good. it's the You're inflation. Yeah, it's inflation. Like they just raise the prices on everything, and there's nothing to stop them from from doing that. And they call it inflation, but it's really just corporations realizing that they face no consequences if they just charge more money. All they face is mm -hmm. more money, <laughs> which is good mm -hmm. like that that gives them their friends during their earnings calls think they call them geniuses for doing that shit so yeah. it's you know i know there's more complicated dynamics involved but that seems to be the main one as far as i yeah. can tell and with and sandwich inflation yeah they're making us pay 20 dollars <laughs> for a smaller sandwich which is infuriating yeah. I, I i'm telling you we went to a place and i don't want to call it out anyway it was a fine sandwich it was even very tasty but we spent $50 the other day. This is like just walking oh, out with the things. And, you uh, know, hey, well, you know, well, how lucky were we to spend the 50 That's all I got to say, okay? <laughs> that's hey, great. this is what happens when you're a wildly successful neighborhood bartender, guys, all right? I have Same helped last. build that bar for 15, 16 years now. <laughs> what is something you think is overrated? Uh, let's see. Suffering for your art. Mm. I absolutely think it's overrated. Let's, if we're talking about money. Uh, I I tell everyone, get I, every comedian I know, get a job. Right. Get a job, and then do your do your art, uh, for fun, and don't think about it. Don't feel bad about it. But do not move to Los Angeles. Do not move to New York. And you better not move to Chicago and think you're gonna get the sign the deal that you're gonna sell mm -hmm. the script. Granted, <laughs> that happens. Okay. Sure. And it, it could happen to you too. But get a fucking job. 
and enjoy these large cities. Buy the $20 sandwiches and uh, don't put all this pressure on yourself that your art has to be the way you make a living. It will only bring you pain. Get get the, get a job. Get a right. fucking job. And yep. Do your art for fun. And don't think mm-hmm. that you have to make your living from your art and that you're a failure as an artist because you that because you have to have a job. Do not think that. Get it out of your fucking head and you will live a much happier life. Get an AMC A-list subscription, okay? Go to the movies with your friends twice a week and uh, you'll feel much happier. I do think suffering for your art is overrated. I did go to New York recently, though, and uh, I do I do want to move there. Yeah, everybody's moving to New York. It's very frustrating <laughs> to me. <laughs> New York's the best. The, the, go, the comedy scene is dead here in Los Angeles. We're in a rebuilding mm-hmm. session. I don't know if you guys know this, but we need people to start open mics. We need people to start independent shows. It is very dead. And then, of course, New York beckons. But then I remember about this wonderful mm-hmm. job I have as a neighborhood bartender. And I yeah. will never <laughs> I will never give it up because I am as rich as I've ever thought I'd ever be just being a working class guide to the people hell yeah has anyone ever done like a deep dive like or just a it would be good for like somebody to publish a book that is just the side jobs of famous art famous artists like kafka was a i don't know i don't i think i don't think he was ever a professional writer i think he was like a bureaucrat like a professional bureaucrat but just like a quick you know Wikipedia length write up of various famous artists and what they actually did for a living while they were creating their art, I feel like would be very, very inspiring. That's a yeah. that's a great idea. Christ Let's the Carpenter. It. Christ the Carpenter. Yeah, Christ, yeah. Hello. Yeah. Artist. So he was he was a famous carpenter, but on <laughs> as his side gig, he was also uh like to go around and preach to people, you know? I know so. he wasn't obviously he wasn't a good carpenter. We would have heard more about yeah, that. Apparently not. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Guy, Where the houses that Jesus built. This guy right. made this table and he's saying this sick shit like incredible. <laughs> right. <laughs> just the most beautiful word. Yeah. The carpenter. Yeah. You know, they would just call him the carpenter. That would be his thing, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus well, the shitty carpenter. What a hook, yeah. <laughs> but like what if that was like what he was ultimately passionate about? He's like, I yeah. really wish I could just pay pay my way with carpentry, but uh everyone's like, No, man, it's like your carpentry is like solid for sure. Like it's really good and interesting. But you have this whole other thing that you know. <laughs> and what are what are they making back then anyways? It's just tables, right? <laughs> Gotta be. There's no shelves. Were there shelves <laughs> back then? Yeah, I feel like chairs even shelves. were kind of a more recent thing. Yeah, like that's yeah. what that's why we still think they're so fancy that we call like the head of something the chairman. It, like, that's uh, yeah. the guy. That's a chair. <laughs> that's why. <Wow. laughs> yeah, and he famously, yes, famously in the Bible, he was always reclining. So he was. They were sitting down to eat. So we don't even know if chairs were a thing yet. And it's, damn. So it's strictly tables. Jesus, the table maker. Uh, but I do like that idea of finding other artists and what their jobs were. One good thing about this economic downturn, that's, I try to tell, tell all my friends, is that when everything goes to shit, uh, we do have, there is the possibility of very, very good art. And so that is mm. what I try to tell them as they eat their own hands. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all but the art. Uh, but the art. The art. Yeah. And I feel like America has a very, like, w- we don't, because there's no real class consciousness, people are just, 
that they blame themselves or they'll be like, you got to like rise and grind. I'm not working hard enough if I need to, if I'm even thinking about eating my hands. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, but go easy on yourself. It's, it's tough out there. What is something you think is underrated? Two things. Uh, one, I've recently bought it. I don't know if you've ever had this. It's very, it, it's probably po widely popular, but have you had the jalapeno Tabasco sauce? They have it at Chipotle a lot. It's green. Oh, hell The yeah. green Tabasco? Yeah. Yes. yeah. Fire. It's incredible. I used to just like, mm -hmm. just get, go to Chipotle for that. Then I realized I could steal the bottles. Then I realized I could just buy the bottles. And uh, <laughs> I love this stuff uh, along with Sriracha. It's like my absolute favorite mm -hmm. thing. So I buy like three bottles at a time because I, you, they only haven't met Ralph's a lot of times, but uh, I mm -hmm. buy three bottles of that. I really, really love this sauce. If you guys haven't had it, it's tangy. Uh, it's not hot at all, but I love it with uh, my eggs. I love it in salads. Mm -hmm. It's really, really good. So I love that. And then also underrated. I, I, haven't, I haven't heard anyone talk about this, but Trader Joe's uh, started selling these, these like so flavored soda waters with apple vinegar. Have you had these things? No, no. Uh, they're they're like a dollar eighty at Trader Joe's. We're a Soda Stream family as well. We had to buy okay. them because Spindrift went up. I don't know. Have you seen the Spindrift six ninety nine, seven ninety nine for uh, an eight pack? Forget yeah, about it. Yeah, yes. Damn. They've gone up that high. So we bought a soda it's pretty stream. pretty ballsy for a company that is just the easiest thing to make yourself with yes. fruit, seltzer water. <laughs> yes. Um, right. We bought the soda stream and then we tried this yesterday. So with the soda stream, high powered. We we love that uh, carbonation. Mm -hmm. We're going mm -hmm. triple. I want Topo Chico style the carbonation yeah. with raspberry. You want your mouth to hurt. Yes. Mm -hmm. Burn and, that tongue. And then I'm telling you, if you like the funk, it sounds crazy, but this Trader Joe's gave us this idea. And you should definitely buy those at Trader Joe's as well. But apple cider vinegar in your soda water is phenomenal. I just love mm. how funky it tastes. I stopped wow. drinking alcohol a long time ago, so it's so interesting. And you're not paying these mocktail-style prices that right. they're trying to fucking get us non-drinkers. Oh, my God. Thing. Yeah. The mocktail, wow. the mocktail yeah, menu yeah. Is, uh, is has gotten out of control. Fifteen dollars yeah. for juices. Go f yourself. Yeah. That's all I got to say. Yeah, Go true. f yourself. I just had a mocktail that like tasted like the worst beer, <laughs> but it was like so. It was more expensive than a good beer, but like it was, it was. It reminded me of like the worst beers that I drank when I was drinking, but like I would choke them down because they had high alcohol content, and like they're <laughs> like we have brought that back to you. In, in the arrogant, form of arrogant bastard was like that. They have these ten percenters, mm. and you're like. Yep, just choking them down. Yeah, exactly. Know. That's what I was drinking. <laughs> exactly. Looking cool. Always, always at Whole Foods, checking the alcohol content of the of the beer for no reason. Just uh, I like the taste. Have you had the Athletic Brewer Brewery beer yet? I don't think I have. No. Uh, no. It's all around town, but they also have a. Um, they deliver it to your home. I think for just a buck or two extra. But it's Athletic Brewing. And it's they make IPAs, they make uh, like blondes, and it's the most delicious non-alcoholic beer you'll ever have. Wow! I I love this stuff. I get two six packs delivered. Uh, I think it's like twenty five dollars for the two six packs delivered. Oh wow! And I just keep them in there, you know, for friends, people who don't want to, even if they're 
even if they drink alcohol still in their lives, sometimes people don't want to deal with it on a weekday. I keep, I take them to the Chatterbox, but Athletic Brewing is also delicious. Mm. Uh, when I was was when I was in New York, I was literally pounding six a night like a lunatic. <laughs> six <laughs> six non-alcoholic six. beers a night. Yeah, just stretching out the night. Yeah, give me a fucking break. Right. But you, so you're out and doing that, right? Like yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah, like, yeah. give me you're another not at one. home. Like, yeah, oh, no, no. Hey, I'm getting another. I'm getting another NA. Anyone want anything like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm still drinking beer. I'm paying that much money like yeah. a lunatic. But it is delicious. Uh, athletic brewing. Yeah. Great art, too. Great art. Yeah, it is. The, the, the be- cans. beautiful cans. Mm. I love a spicy ginger beer. That's my that's my move. Real spicy. Not all of us can afford the calories like that, okay? Mm. Right, right. (laughs) Some of us are are, are running from diabetes, okay? (laughs) Running. And diabetes is grabbing at our ankles soon to cut off our foot. Yeah. No, it is sweet, for sure. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about wealth defense. This episode is brought to you by Alienware. During Dell Tech Fest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop, powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The future of customer experience is here and it's faster and better than ever before. It's time to introduce your business or organization to Nice CX1, the world's most complete customer experience cloud platform. CX1 is the ultimate all-in-one solution to turbocharge your CX results so you can say goodbye to long wait times and frustrated customers. With CX1, you can achieve faster customer resolutions with every interaction, all thanks to the power of one complete cloud platform. It's now easier than ever for organizations of all sizes around the globe to create extraordinary customer experiences, all while hitting those key business metrics. Whether you're a startup or an established enterprise, Nice CX1 has everything you need to engage customers, deliver smart self-service, and optimize agent-assisted service. 
When you choose Nice, you get unlimited cloud scalability and flexibility. So visit Nice.com today and take your customers and business into the future. That's Nice.com. And we're back. And this is an article that was in the New Yorker. I think it's called like the Getty Family's Trust Issues. We've we've talked about it already because I think Molly Lambert might have brought it up because it was how she discovered that there's like a Getty Scion child that is like a famous experimental artist and and like not not that great, but shocker. Yeah. But anyways, the there's a whole chunk in this article that is about this industry. I mean, m- mainly the article is about this industry that is these wealth managers who work for just massive, like generationally wealthy families. And they've the industry has grown and gotten better and had like very little pushback from Congress to the point that it's so like a a point they make is that there are all these sayings that like American fortunes like go from shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves in three generations. I don't know what the fuck that means. But the the Japanese version is uh, the third generation ruins the house. So it's basically like by the third generation, the wealth has done its damage. And like they're just so morally like (laughs) bankrupt that like they they can't hold on to the fortune anymore and that was kind of a piece of accepted wisdom about humanity for a long time but ever since the 70s that has changed to a great degree and that's where we're getting things like the cokes like the coke family uh between 1983 and 2020 their family fortune grew 25 fold from 3.9 billion to 100 billion uh the mars yeah. family fortune which i wasn't even aware there was like a rich mars candy family but uh that grew by a factor of 36 to 94 billion the waltons <laughs> i had just kind of taken for granted yeah of course the waltons are rich but they have a family fortune of 247 billion dollars and like the way that they're able to do this, like this is this is when their family should be shitting away all their money and like losing it all. And the way that used to work is because they were taxed because they had like immense, immense wealth that would be hard to hide. And so it would be taxed. But that is not the case anymore because of, you know, th- these industries like they they have like entire companies that work for a family like they talk about this one getty fan like industry family that manages more wealth than the entire hedge fund industry like the the yes. whole every hedge fund in the world doesn't ma- uh, manage as much wealth as this one getty family trust but like we don't i, I guess i wasn't aware of the degree to which that this had just become a thing where a handful of families kind of behind behind the scenes control everything and it really is like there's a detail in here where gavin newsom's dad is like high school friends with that getty guy and he like managed their wealth for a while 
And then, like, lo and behold, Gavin Newsom becomes, <laughs> you know, who he is. <laughs> so it's like, it's just this wild thing where, like, it is a secret network of very extremely wealthy people behind the scenes who are connected to one another. And they're just quietly protecting, you know, their fail sons and just holding on and growing these incredibly vast fortunes to the point that now the top 0.1% owns 18% instead of 7% as as recently as the 70s. So I don't know. Is it like, I, I guess, like I kind of knew this was happening, but just reading the article really gives you some texture of like how yeah. how it works. I mean, you hate to have this kind of stuff like driven home super clearly, but it also feels like we've just built so many fail safes for money. Like if you have enough money to invest in such a way and to put it in so many securities and stocks and blah, 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 that you're kind of ensuring that the, you know, the one wild cousin can't go out and just buy a seven Bentleys and, and you know, lose the family wealth. I think that, you know, that has to have something to do with it, where it's just like, no, we can just future proof this for enough time and have enough lawyers involved that cousin Gregory isn't going to blow it on a Coke binge. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It it feels like we're in another and they, they do say like that is what they have. They just have all these incredibly complex financial institutions or instruments that the money shell is tied corps. up in and shell right. corps and, you know, all the, all these different financial products that are invented. You know, this is where when like people graduate from the top schools in America, this is what they go into is like inventing these ways to protect really rich families' money because it's also a great way to, you know, build your own fortune, essentially. And like this is... taking a percentage of that. Yeah. (laughs) This is what like a lot of the most capable people I went to college went to, uh, went into, and I never really understood what it was. But yeah, it, it makes sense. It's just these families have more money than entire industries. You know, like one family has more money than the entire hedge fund industry. So how much money is after this amount of money they have, they stop being human as we know it. What do you think that is? (laughs) I mean, mean, truly, I I always play around with this number. I've asked people this when I'm doing shows. It's so funny how like regular people are like, ah, that's too, you know, that's not even like regular people. If you say, all right, you start getting taxed 90 percent after this amount of money. Regular people are even very generous about this. They'll right. say like as much as twenty twenty million dollars a year. <laughs> twenty million a year. A year. Yes, wow. Yeah. Or a they say year. they say ten million isn't that much. You know, I'm telling you, regular people who work at the post office will be like, yeah, and the ninety percent tax rate. Well, great. Well, even with all of that said, our attitude, uh, I think America's attitudes from from the richest to the poorest attitudes about taxes is so terrible. But it's it's only because we don't see anything from those taxes generally correct right wait you mean like because the government doesn't yes yeah i mean well it's it's hard to say because you know there was this run where the new deal actually like created a bunch of roads and you know a bunch of the things that we're still like that that built out our society and that like american society still benefits from but we Like for our entire lifetimes, we've been living in this world where it's like they, yeah, all the energy and like the smartest people have gone into building these people's wealth and like their own instead of trying to figure out like smart ways to spend tax money. 
essentially. Yeah, I mean, it's so the problem is multi-leveled like that. When we had the original New Deal, I mean, our money wasn't going straight to the military like right. 60% mm-hmm. of our budget is now. And right. so yeah. even when you get regular people uh, have this distaste for taxes because we don't, I mean, we obviously need a new New Deal because mm-hmm. we understand that homelessness is only going to get worse in this country, uh, especially in the cities, that we all need... Uh, medical care for all, all of these things, but nobody's been able to paint that picture. So rich people could say, I mean, I I have friends or old friends, I should say, that are Republicans now, and they'll say, like, what am I going to just give the government my money? Uh, What are they going to do with it? And at this moment, I really can't, if I'm being honest with myself, I can't look them in the face and say, like, oh, yeah, you're right. Just give them your money and then it's just going to go to the military, I guess, and and the cops. Like, so... So, I, I mean, obvious, so, you know, you take that and, you know, that's obviously not a good thing, but it, it's, you know, it's not like our politicians even have a taste for going after rich people right. and their taxes and all these loopholes and all this shit. I have people who would identify as Democrats and liberal friends that they say, I have to take advantage of these loopholes because right. they're there and it's legal. Yeah. 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 I think it's very apt to point out that, like, we don't know where the money is going because, you know. Uh, just talking about the military really briefly, the 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 whole spy balloon, whatever thing that we shot out of the sky, that was the first time an F-22 Raptor has hit an air to air target. That's a hundred and twenty million dollar plane shooting a four hundred thousand dollar missile at a balloon. And it's like, hey, guys, our tax dollars at work to make that happen. We, we did it, everybody. We did it. It's just like that. Fuck miserable. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Fuck yeah. But yeah, I mean. So the overall, like, in this article, they argue that, like, like we're in another Gilded Age, right? And yes. the mm-hmm. argument that one Love scholar that in the article makes is that a crash has to happen, basically, that, mm-hmm. like, this is the how the attitude of towards taxation works in the country, is that, like, people are skeptical of taxes until, like, the wealthy acquire all the money and people are having so much trouble that the society can't function, then a crash happens, and then you get the New Deal out of just a place of, like, desperation and everybody realizing, like, this shit doesn't work, and then slowly by slowly... I mean, they... Granted, the the wealthy don't want it to be slowly, right? Like during <laughs> during the New Deal, when, when Roosevelt was like doing the New Deal, they tried to overthrow him with, with a with a U.S. general. They tried to do a fascist coup, but I don't know. It it's just bleak to accept that they need to fuck up so badly that they send a message to themselves that a bunch of people like are starving, like that we we need to starve in order for them to accept that what they're doing is fucked up and like it does seem like we get a lot of this already like we're voting for more socialist policies and but but when when people vote towards the left like the mainstream media just works so hard and is like so consistent about just hiding that appetite and being like well americans are scared of the scared of the edges they were they're more centrist than they've ever been before and it's like no man like the society is moving fiscally and socially to the right like has been for our entire lifetimes people don't like that and are trying to push back but it's just everything is controlled by this 
Ivy League educated gentry class that treats any solution that doesn't involve venture capital backing as like unrealistic or childish. Like you have to like speak the language of like venture capital in order to be taken seriously by them. And it's just like, I don't know. It's, a, it's frustrating. And you, you mentioned the article it does mention uh, that it's but these things, this is what happens. This has all been happening since the beginning of time, correct? I mean, it's we, we haven't been around that long, but it, it does seem like that there is always this upward pressure of money in capitalism. Right. But I mean, yeah, yeah, it. There's definitely been other ways to organize a civilization or a society that seemed to make people much happier that, you know, don't involve just people being alienated from their lives and, you know, feeling dread uh, every you know, every morning and just having the horrible, horrible deaths of despair and like all these things that we have kind of taken for granted and just been like, well, this has to be the best version. It's like, no, it actually doesn't like there's there's all these indigenous civilizations that we just like haven't really bothered studying. But like when, when you do look at them, they had awesome ways, like awesome ideas for distributing wealth, like changing who has different jobs on a like annual basis. Like mm. there's uh, ceremonies where like the, the wealthy are forced to live like the least wealthy and the least wealthy are enabled to live in the homes of the wealthy or, you know, like it's just like anything that takes away the permanence of this like that. That seems to be the thing that ties into this article that other civilizations had been very skeptical of. And I, I think rightly so is what we're seeing in this article is the idea that you permanently get to keep the money like that you permanently if you have like a good stroke of luck, you get to keep the winnings from that good stroke of luck because eventually you are going to re tell that story to yourself in such a way that it was actually because you were, you know, you're making a billion times more money than everyone because you're actually a billion times smarter than everyone is like the story that they eventually tell themselves right. down through the generations. And it's it's all total bullshit. Well, I mean, the Covina version of this and this truly happens. I can th think of three guys right now is that these guys, uh, their dad has have construction companies and they're like staunch Republicans and talk sure. shit about about Democratic policies. I'm like, you motherfuckers have not done anything for your bullshit thing. <laughs> Please tip me over 20 percent. Uh, and right. I will not bring up any of this. Uh, <laughs> but uh, have the Democrats talked about it? I know once Trump got into the office, uh, they repealed uh, the estate tax. But have has there been any talk about reinstating the estate tax? Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of loopholes that haven't been addressed like they they basically they so they go to this like this industry's like meeting like where where they all like get together and like talk about what's happening in the industry and everyone's just like this is the best time everybody like hurry up make all the money they haven't like congress hasn't adjusted a tax law in the direction of like taking more money from the extremely wealthy in 35 years oh my and God. like so that they're they also write about like there are some signals like based on, you know, that there have been some document leaks that have made people very angry and like shamed one politician in I think like Iceland or something into quitting. <laughs> but it's it's all very meager in terms of like 
we have this massive problem with inequality. It's like driving a lot of the extremism and all all the shit that we're seeing. And like we we know what the problem is. It's just this this is like buried in some New Yorker article, you know. Right. But like there's this massive industry. And they also talk about there's a product that they have in this industry that is I think called like the eyes glazed over product or something something like that, where it's just like it's so boring and complicated that when we put our money into it, like the vast majority of the people like won't understand, right? So they're just like we get to steal from future generations of other people's kids with this product because they're when we explain how it works, their eyes will glaze over. <laughs> that is an issue that I'm unfortunately all too familiar with. There was a time back in the DJ days and someone would be like, why won't you come to my city? And I'm like, oh, I don't choose what city we go to. It's like the agents who are like, well, how does that work? And then you start explaining how a show gets booked and they just stop caring three seconds in. It's like, never mind, there's too much information here for me to care about this. Yeah. All right, well, that's how it works. I'm sorry. Yeah. But yeah, it's the golden age for these people who are extremely wealthy families like the Gettys and the Mars and then a bunch of families we've probably like never heard of and the, you know, financial professionals who who fund them and who or who like advise them like are all making their own fortunes and it's just it's fucked it's a it's can't can't be the way that things continue on if if we're going to have a functioning civilization like it's a it's a real mess perfectly upsetting yeah it's it's perfectly upsetting (laughs) last may marvin blum a texas lawyer and accountant gave a seminar for fellow accountants who were figuring out how to profit from the influx of wealth that needed protecting blum told his colleagues conditions for leaving large sums have never been better noting that congress has not closed an estate planning loophole in over 30 years (laughs) so yeah hell yeah and the top 1% of taxpayers are responsible for 28% of the nation's unpaid taxes. They're of course. not the ones who are going to be audited, or if they are audited, they have the you know, legal and financial firepower to like, push back and you know, tie it up in the courts. But they are under, underfunding the U.S. government an annual shortfall of more than $160 billion. Yeah. And then the the other thing that's like really annoying slash troubling is that like, so I'll just read this one quote. Tom Handler, Chicago tax lawyer who specializes in ultra wealthy clients, told me that the political pressure. So this is like in response to all these leaked documents and everyone being kind of outraged as they see how much money these people are hoarding. He says, like, the response among the ultra wealthy is that it has only generated more business for him and his peers. And then he says, most of the high net worth client base, they're running for cover. So income tax planning has gone up. Estate tax planning has gone up. Asset protection has gone up. And he says that his clients feel vilified. Other than the very liberal, highly educated, intellectual elite, they don't feel guilty at all. They're angry. So the very rich people who people are now like, wait, you haven't been paying taxes in like generations and like we're all you know suffering and having to like look at our hand and see a a big cartoon ham because we're we're mm-hmm. hungry like that like the what the fuck and they <laughs> get mad that we even have the temerity to like question them so it's 
I don't know. It's a very infuriating article, but I thought very enlightening. We will, we will link off to it in the footnotes. Footnotes. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about Leonardo DiCaprio's girlfriend or some <laughs> shit. A joyous topic. Yeah, yeah. This episode is brought to you by Alienware. During Dell Tech Fest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop, powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, You'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The future of customer experience is here and it's faster and better than ever before. It's time to introduce your business or organization to Nice CX1, the world's most complete customer experience cloud platform. CX1 is the ultimate all-in-one solution to turbocharge your CX results so you can say goodbye to long wait times and frustrated customers. With CX1, you can achieve faster customer resolutions with every interaction, all thanks to the power of one complete cloud platform. It's now easier than ever for organizations of all sizes around the globe to create extraordinary customer experiences, all while hitting those key business metrics. Whether you're a startup or an established enterprise, Nice CX1 has everything you need to engage customers, deliver smart self-service, and optimize agent-assisted service. When you choose Nice, you get unlimited cloud scalability and flexibility. So visit nice.com today and take your customers and business into the future. That's nice.com. And we're back. And yeah, so Leonardo DiCaprio seems to be continuing with his, I guess it's the reverse car rental company policy because he doesn't date women over the age of 25. <laughs> like, it's like once you hit 25, it's instead of being acceptable, you're now, like, need to start start looking for other, other options. According to one source, because people talk to Leonardo DiCaprio's friends and get sourcing on, like, what, what's with his policy? <laughs> Leonardo says that's because that's when his girlfriends start looking to settle down. 
Um, <laughs> which is, hey, you know. But people are pointing out that his newest girlfriend is, I, th- I think she's 19. She's 19. A 19-year-old model, which she wasn't even born when Titanic came out. Um, she wasn't even born <laughs> when Gangs of New York came out. Damn. And people are doing a great job of illustrating the innate grossness of this pairing in one instance using The Last of Us. Yeah, that really hit home. Yeah. <laughs> wow, DJ that's just, that's just like Pascal. You're supposed to be talking about this relationship between this guy who lost his daughter and this girl that he like rescues and it's just like, yeah, that's when Leo's dating. It's like yeah. Oogie. Yeah. Pedro Pascal's 47 and Ramsey is 19, the girl in The Last of Us, which is pretty much on par with what we're working with or even even closer in age than what we're working on working yeah. with with uh leo david harbour and his 18 year old stranger things co-star millie bobby brown have the oh, exact go. same age gap as leo and eden <laughs> yeah so i don't know wonderful well leo hey, go is, off, leo. yeah he obviously <laughs> doesn't think of women as people no sure <laughs> i mean but what are we supposed to do with that like he yeah. you know i mean who who I, I guess I should say who cares, right? Yeah. The six-year <laughs> countdown begins. That's what we got. We got the six-year countdown until the chart resets. He lets her off into the uh, off to pasture and then picks up another 19-year-old, and then we start all over again. What do they talk about? Like, does he, <laughs> does he stay up on, like, what younger generations are interested in? Or is he just like, I don't know, man, they... You know, they're talking about the tickety taka or some, some <laughs> shit. And I'm just over here. The the one thing that we have talked about is that he what what is rumored to have <laughs> somebody who slept with him said that he likes to put on noise canceling headphones and vape weed while having sex. Which yeah. that's, that's precious. Yeah. Uh, no, I've heard from who, who uh, I've heard from a, a few people like First, I've heard from one pers- a first-hand account. Uh, yes, he likes to pr- do it doggy style. You can't look at him. He's had the thing, and I've heard he watches even he watches porn while it's happening too. Wow! Yeah. So the guy okay. it has been. He's obviously not a real person. Yeah, he's mm. he has been like famous since he was a child on Growing Pains. Yeah, right. his brain is broken. He sure. probably does not possess the ability. To form any real human connections with any anyone outside the pussy posse, um, <laughs> <laughs> it is yeah. So the I, whatever in this particular instance, uh, I don't want to say it's okay. Now who knows what's okay or any of this shit, but it just seems so. It's like so laugh out loud funny that he clocks him out at twenty five too. That right. nobody to me it is kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> You, yeah. you think Kevin Connolly is still in the pussy posse? Is he still hanging around? Is E still hanging around? Uh, he hasn't done anything in forever, but he's probably holding on, making those calls like, hey, so what are we doing tonight? Right. I, on TikTok every now and then, he'll pop up. He does have a podcast where he was oh, talking. he does? Oh, yeah. A podcast. Oh, I, I don't want to say it's with Johnny Drama, but I did <sighs> see. I have seen things with him talking to, I believe his name is Doug Ellis, the creator of Entourage. Okay. So, so he does, is like, there is some stuff like that. I personally think Kevin Connolly is keeps getting cuter the older he gets. I'm sure he's doing fine, and he seems like right. a a cool guy. I I have an, an inside scoop that at uh, the Kid Cudi uh, birthday party last week, 
that Casey Affleck, Tobey Maguire, and Leonardo DiCaprio are hanging out. And if that doesn't sound like a frightening crew to anyone, (laughs) 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 what a frightening crew of guys is Casey Affleck, Tobey Maguire, and Leonardo DiCaprio hanging out in a club together. Murderer's Row. The worst movie of 2027 was just hatched. (laughs) (laughs) What a frightening crew of guys. Uh, But. You know, because uh, because of how the world works, I'm sure, you know, tons of tons of women were throwing themselves at them. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to tell anyone about this. I'm sure those women I, d- I hope these models are not feeling used. I right. hope these multi daughters of the multi-billionaires are not feeling used. Right. But but until he starts dating a, a TGI Fridays like hostess, then I, I have nothing to say about these rich people being together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's funny. Yeah, the the model universe. Like I, I just saw a magazine spread. We're go we're doing some spring cleaning in mm. our house. So I was looking through, <laughs> through an old Always magazine. Feels good. <laughs> and, and it had like a, a spread about uh Steve Jobs' daughter, a famous equestrian model. <laughs> like, amazing. Good yeah. for her. I'm yeah. shocked that she hasn't dated Leonardo DiCaprio. Anyways. Now what I'm re- I'm really interested in is, is trip advisory. <laughs> well, I'm glad you brought Expert that up. Steve. Have you guys ever Podcast used TripAdvisor? Legend. I still fuck with TripAdvisor because I'm an old ass man and like I don't know, it was like one of I'm the original apps. But it's I'm off that shit. I'm off yeah. that shit. We went, we did, we did one European vacation and got lied to so many times. I'm like, I don't trust a damn fool on TripAdvisor ever again. Damn. You, to the to the degree that you just started sounding like Mr. T a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I pinned to the fool that you got No. But it's basically like, I don't know. So the top rated restaurant in Montreal on TripAdvisor, Montreal, great city to visit. Beautiful. You know, probably one of the, you know, a a hot city for TripAdvisor, like one that they would be paying attention to. It's not like it's in like Des Moines or something, although Des Moines, I'm I'm told, is lovely. But, you know, it's like (laughs) Montreal is a big tourist destination. TripAdvisor's number one top-rated restaurant on in Montreal had 85 reviews, all five stars, and it was a complete fabrication. It did not exist. The TripAdvisor page was only taken down when the CBC asked TripAdvisor for a comment on their article. I just... <laughs> This feels like a story that we see over and over again that doesn't really get called out or like collated with other similar stories. But all of these user generated content sites from Facebook to TripAdvisor, YouTube are too big for anyone to profitably like moderate them. Like in order for them to function well, you would need to hire like we, we would need to engage in a, another new deal. Like the the hiring <laughs> tactic would need to be like so go. much moderation. So this much, is your platform, Jack. I'm this saying, is your platform like, when you start ro- go running. Yeah. Make the internet usable. Do you know how many people that would require? A lot. Do you, do y'all still use Yelp or anything for like restaurant reviews? Sometimes, and that kind of stuff? yeah, like yeah. in a pinch. Yeah. Where yeah. I'm yeah. when I'm like at a restaurant and I'm like, yeah. what what's a what do people say about this? Not like what did the New York Times say about this or you know what it like what do people you know say if it hasn't been covered on like one of the food blogs? So you sure. like check on Yelp and like I I've had some wild experiences with Yelp like. Mm. What we we had somebody who we needed to like dig up our backyard to, you know, <laughs> get ready for something like just like 
churn it, like churn the mm-hmm. soil because mm-hmm. we're going to like do something to it. And the uh, person, uh, where, where, where are you living now, Jack? What's going on with this? <laughs> <laughs> this, was, this is when we lived in a 600 square foot bungalow in Santa Monica. But the, the person who we got was this like predatory person who, when we left a bad review for him, like he was just like, he didn't do the work. He left it half done. He, his dog like gave our dog fleas and like attacked oh our God. dog. Like, oh wait, so we wrote this up and he like went, just went so wild on us and was like, oh, I'm going to like track you guys down, like do all this shit. And like, we realized that's how he, he was, he was just a Yelp, you know, a Yelp uh, listing that he had mm-hmm. like curated really well and then fought every negative, you know, <laughs> listing that he had done Nonsense. and was basically just using that platform and its weaknesses. Well, there you go. And I still use Yelp. <laughs> like I still <laughs> use Yelp sometimes. Like that's what, that's how broken this shit is. But I don't know. Like the only solution is for, to make these things government run, taxpayer funded parts <laughs> of our society that, yeah, like I, I truly believe that. Like I estimate we're probably about 300 years from making something like that happen in the United <laughs> States. But it makes sense. Like if you created a new New Deal and instead of building highways and bridges, you just like made the Internet work. Like yeah. that would be, I think people would get a lot out of that, but it's, it's just not even a question that these, all of these things are private institutions that the billionaires who were the first to get there, like get to make all the decisions. Yeah. Sure. When, pe- when people talk about the internet as a public utility, um, you know, things yeah, exactly. like Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, I mean, it is, I do really believe that people are figuring out that how bad the internet is for you. It's obviously a new, it's a new form of technology. And so for the past 20 years, it's kind of run amok. But I Hmm. do feel that even everyday people understand how terrible, are starting to understand how terrible it is for you. So Hmm. there is a chance, I do believe, that we can figure out some way to rein it in. You, You are correct that the idea of making anything a public utility, it's still, people still can't wrap right. their brains around it. We mm. should have a a seriously a an airline, a nationally uh, a national airline where that yes. we don't have to worry about any of this shit too. And even despite all the horrible things that have happened in the holidays and everything like that, people still the idea of having a national I'm not saying the words right, but a nationally uh, funded uh, airline Right. People still aren't behind that idea, even though it would make everyone's so lives infinitely better. So much better. Yeah. Do not agree with that more. Just take over U.S. Air. That's like <laughs> then then it, the the name makes sense. You already got the name <laughs> American <laughs> Air. U.S. Okay. American Airways. Yeah, exactly. I mean, high 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 powered rail lines. You know, like in Japan, there where we go. The, there should there could be you know the we big big business like took down the one from here to san francisco but there should be stuff to from chicago to new york Mm -hmm. philly to new york all of this stuff is just it's insane that it has not even it's not even a a discussion conversation yeah yeah Yeah. it'll it'll be a conversation last in the united states like that that will be the very last step or yeah or one of the sad things is that it's only when the world's eyes are going to be on our city 
that these changes might actually happen. We got the Olympics coming in 2028, and they're really trying to spruce up the metro line just so that we have some sort of infrastructure around the city. And it's like, oh, you know what? Now that everybody's going to be looking, maybe we should do something serious about this. Like, Maybe let's do like a little bit of infrastructure help. It's not like, let's help the people of the city because it's the right thing to do. It's because, oh, the Olympics are going to be here, so we better look good for the rest of the world, right. which is, you know, sad. Yeah, that's the way... That's capitalism solution is like, well, put an Olympics there and then fund the hell out of a bunch of projects. And then you can just kind of let them fall. Also, really really quickly on TripAdvisor. TripAdvisor says that Cafe Gratitude is the eighth best restaurant in Los Angeles. Okay, that's all I got to say about that. Cafe Gratitude is the eighth highest restaurant, highest rated restaurant in Los Angeles. And I don't know about y'all, but that's not that's just that's just plain old wrong. Yeah. That's a, just, right is, over toast. <laughs> you just reminded me that I, I dated a person from Cafe Gratitude for a while, and she had this terrible dog that she would not do anything with when we were fooling around in the bedroom. And it mm. single-handedly made me break up with this person. <laughs> that's, that's an issue. She was just that's jumping on you? Yeah. yeah, the dog just barking and being crazy. <laughs> and then, you know, I'm just like, I can't do that. I didn't. I forget whatever reason I said, but uh, I, I am... Uh, I'm full of gratitude for that experience. There you go. <laughs> I'm grateful. I am great. Yeah. The dog what is it? no longer in the bedroom. Yeah. For people who don't know, Cafe Gratitude is like, is it vegan? A vegan restaurant where yeah. like vegan. a bowl of like undercooked beans is called like, I am inspired. Yeah. Every yeah. everything is every menu item is some sort of thing. And every every time you buy something, they're like, here's a topic of conversation for your meal. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah, TripAdvisor eventually commented, this was a failure in human moderation practices, like they're <laughs> run by a fucking Borg. <laughs> it was actually a failure in human moderation. It was actually a prank by a comedian who wanted to like prove the this point. He just put down his own phone number for the listing, used photos of his friend's basement. And like when people would call to book a table, he would just tell people like, ah, we're just booked up for the next two yeah, months. And then that. when asked about the menu, he simply responded, uh, we do tapas. It's <laughs> 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 pretty great. But yeah, in 2017, the top rated restaurant in London uh, on TripAdvisor was briefly The Shed at Dulwich, which oh, was, yeah. again, someone's backyard, someone's backyard that they yeah. were just like doing Love a prank that. on. But no, nobody's really figured out how to monetize this like the, that that's when they'll actually fix it is when like someone starts actually making money off of it and TripAdvisor starts getting sued so we'll see we'll yeah. see i don't know don't trust beware <laughs> beware when you go on TripAdvisor. <laughs> yeah the the ones that i feel like you can trust on TripAdvisor is like things to do as long as it's not a thing to do that costs money like parks and Fair. stuff but yeah. even then like it's overwhelmingly like these people who write feature magazine feature length reviews and oh, yeah. stories i feel like it's more people <laughs> a place for people to publish their writing yeah or or, the, or they write the place off because they're like i saw one homeless person this right. place is gross yeah yeah exactly we'll be going there again i guess this is all part of teaching uh people media literacy too because i know and it 100%. sounds like you you guys are the same thing is that when I look at a thing, I'm like sifting through the thing, almost mm -hmm. like yes. when I'm reading news articles as well as you're looking for points. You know, I, I, I see little red flags pop up when I hear someone saying something that, oh, that's not a real fact or that's an opinion, you know. But if right. people don't know how to to sift through this stuff, then they just will continue to get taken advantage of. And that goes for news stories, to TripAdvisor, mm -hmm. to, to Yelp, to all of that stuff. Yeah, absolutely.
Well, Steve, such a pleasure having you as always. Where can people find you, follow you, all that good stuff? Uh, I have a show tonight on Wednesday at the Rainbow Room. It's a it's a banger with Morgan J and Jason Ellis. Amazing. I'm also going to be in the Bay at the end of the month uh, on February 23rd and 24th in Santa Cruz and in Oakland on the 25th. And then uh, you could catch me next Wednesday, February 15th at my wife's uh, What's Your Sign anniversary party at Whammo Records here in Echo Park. So that's, that's all you can find. And you can find me at on Twitter at Big Hern and Instagram Hernia, at Hernia on Instagram. Amazing. And is there a tweet or work of media that you've been enjoying? Yes, this is for uh, this is for all the heads. If you love stand up comedy, if you know L.A. comedy, this is from Brendan Cooney at Cooney or Die. Uh, he is a L.A. institution, very funny, very funny stand up comic. Just a white guy. He gets zero love. He's, he looks like <laughs> Bill Burr, but uh, he, he always tweets about flappers. He loves flappers. Uh, but if you love stand up comedy, you'll know who he is. He has a great podcast called Raccoon Tweeties, where he specifically talks about the L.A. stand-up comedy scene, and he, he's beloved by everyone who knows him. But this is uh, his tweet at Cooney or Die. At Trader Joe's, they'll often compliment your items or tell you what to pair with them. One time the cashier just said to me, you have dry skin. <laughs> 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 but he, oh, no. he's great. You follow at, uh, at Cooney or Die. Brandon Cooney is hilarious. I love him dearly. So uh, follow him. Yeah. Amazing. Daniel, where can people find yes, you? And is there a work of media you've been enjoying? Oh, always. You can find me all over the internet at DJ underscore Daniel, D-A-N-L. I'm on uh, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok sometimes. But uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitch Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays doing the thing. A couple pieces of media I like. One is from hip-hop producer Y2K, and just music producer in general. I'm the Mr. Beast of chilling. <laughs> and then the other one I like is from a legendary, uh, legendary poster and TDZ, aka creator Christy Amaguchi main. LL Bean's full name was Ladies Love Cool Beans. That's, right. that's, just, that's just fun. Gave that Shout one a, a full ass retweet. I like yeah. that. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Follow them at, at Waffle House. Yeah. All right. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. A uh, tweet I've been enjoying uh, was from Shigeharu tweeted, is this at Jack O'Brien at Daily Zeitgeist? Is this Apple ranking site on your radar? Oh, boy. And it's just AppleRankings.com. Oh, yeah. And it is now. I spent half of the morning looking through this like pitchfork of apples. Mm-hmm. What a site. It, it just reminds me of like what what the Internet used to be, you know? It's like this. This is a fun, a fun thing, a fun website. <laughs> and it's also, you know, I'm excited because the best Apple is something called the Sweet Tango, which what? Uh, I don't think I've ever had. It only comes out in like September and October. It sounds like it was named by Lieutenant Colonel Frank Slade from Scent of a Woman. <laughs> like talk, uh, the, the Sweet Tango. <laughs> they have Honeycrisp second. And then my... Uh, the, the apple that I, I've recently become a fan of, the um, sugar bee apples, they've got way down the list. They're like, it's a, it's a B-list, B-tier apple, which I don't necessarily uh, agree with, but it's, it's a fun website. Thank you so much for put, 
pointing it out, calling it to my attention. Mm. And uh, yeah, I'll link off to that in the footnotes. Footnote. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. footnotes. Where we link off to the information that we talked about in this episode, as well as the song that we think you might enjoy. Super producer, DJ Daniel. Yes, sir. Where, what, what's the song you think people might enjoy? Today, we're going to recommend a uh, a Grammy-winning artist who I think won maybe their first Grammy at the at the most recent totally controversy-less uh, Grammys. It's uh, Robert Ray? Glasper. Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, Robert Glasper. Uh, Robert Glasper uh, fronts a band called R plus R equals Now, and the song is Awake to You. And um, got to see him play at the Hollywood Bowl, opening up for Herbie Hancock. And this it was a fucking jam. So uh, go mm. listen to Awake to You by R plus R equals Now, fronted by Robert Glasper. Amazing. Well, mm. the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for us this morning. But we're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to y'all then. Bye. Bye. Guys, customer service is essential to your business success. And for faster, smarter customer experience, you can turbocharge your CX results with CX1, the world's most complete customer experience platform from NICE. It's never been easier for organizations of all sizes around the globe to create extraordinary customer experiences. With the scalability and flexibility of the cloud, you can power up your business goals like never before. So don't get left behind. Find out more today at nice.com. That's nice.com. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.